<clears throat> okay, yet another one. Um, last one I talked about some like Supreme Court justice that I didn't care about until I watched some YouTube videos and they showed me like uh, some of the things she said, <clears throat> and those got me riled up. But I don't know. I feel like I didn't care about any of that stuff before. Why would I care about it now? Like, I mean, you should. I guess maybe you should be aware of what's going on in the world, but. It just seems like we're all being shown stuff that pisses us off just so we keep on watching. Um, which is actually pretty much what the last episode is called. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I was going to talk about something in particular, but I don't even know what it was. But that's okay. I'm just uh, going on about my merry way. I just made some ramen. I don't know if you guys know how to make ramen, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, you, uh, you can make ramen, just regular ramen noodles, and you can put the seasoning packet in the water, and then you got yourself some ramen, you know, it's not too hard to make, but when you add sliced chicken and green onions and mushrooms and a soft-boiled egg on top, then it gets real. Yeah, it's nice to have, like, <clears throat> legit ramen. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I'm trying to, like, perfect it. It's very good. I've been to a couple ramen shops recently. You know, within the last two months was, like, the first time I went to a ramen shop. Uh, but they're amazing. I like spicy ramen. Spicy ramen is very good. I like everything spicy, actually. That's why I'm uh, trying to start a hot sauce business here. But... Yeah, spicy ramen is amazing. Went to a nice ramen shop in Doylestown, Pennsylvania with a couple friends. That was fun. Um, I actually, for my for my uh, last job interview at this latest job I got, I went to a ramen shop to meet up with, like, I don't know what this dude even is to the company. He's, like, their accounting manager, but he doesn't really work with them full-time. Um, so, I don't know. He also doesn't live anywhere near where all of the other people live, or at least most of the other people live, which company's out in Utah. They actually want me to move out there. That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, currently working remotely, but, you know, they want me to move out there eventually because I don't think they really want everyone... <clears throat> to be working remotely like they would probably prefer I think they would prefer everyone working in office but you know obviously that can't happen at the moment but if they could have it in a perfect world they would um you know I don't have to move out there but there is uh like the best snowboarding ever out there so why not like I would move out there just for the snowboarding to be honest but on top of all that now you have you have like you know, the whole out west that you get to see because you're a lot closer to it. You know, you have the Grand Canyon, you have... I mean, these are... Some of these would be, like, really far drives, like, 9 to 14 hour drives. Maybe even longer, but... Just all the things that there are to see in Colorado, Nevada, you know, Montana, California, whatever. All those places. I've taken three trips out west in my life, thanks to my dad, because he loves to travel. Uh, he actually you know, maybe 20 years ago or so, uh, said that 
doctors found a spot on his pancreas, and, you know, that could mean pancreatic cancer. He's still alive. I don't know if there's anything wrong with him currently, but uh, he says there's not. Um, yeah, apparently pancreatic cancer is like the worst possible type of cancer. But because he found, or because doctors found a spot on his pancreas, he thought he was going to die, like, you know, at any time. So he really, he told me that because of that, he really started to take advantage of life in, um, by like traveling and stuff. So, you know, he, he's seen lots of different places. He's seen the Swiss Alps, uh, Bora Bora. Uh, he just had a month long vacation in Hawaii. Um, let's see what else he's seen all out West, you know, he's been to almost every state. He's been to Alaska. Um, I wonder if, if he has been to every state, like at least driven through it. There's probably like one or two that he hasn't been to, but pretty much all of them. Uh, you know, he's been all over the Caribbean, Mexico, etc. Yeah. The only Europe trip he took was the Swiss Alps and the only like Australia area to a trip. He, well, I guess Pacific Island trip he took other than Hawaii was the Bora Bora trip. <clears throat> but he says that he doesn't really have much, much interest in going to like Asia. And uh, I mean, eventually he would like to go to Africa, you know, for like a safari trip, maybe Mount Kilimanjaro, whatever. I don't know. But he said he doesn't really have too much interest in like the rest of Europe or Asia or South America or anything just because he's looked into it all. I mean, he's to my knowledge, like the ultimate travel agent, basically the ultimate vacation guy. Um, I've never met anyone anywhere close to like as informed about traveling and as well planned as at traveling as him. Uh, so if I ever need to go anywhere, I'm going to ask him first, obviously. Um, but you know, he's looked into everywhere. He always goes to places that he finds very beautiful and uh, you know, he's really into natural scenery and stuff. He doesn't really travel for culture. Like, obviously, there are definitely people out there that mainly travel for culture. And my dad's not one of those people. He travels for natural scenery. Um, so, like, he tells me all the time, why go to, like, the Himalayas when you have the Colorado Rockies? Obviously, the Himalayas are bigger. But, you know, if you take a look at pictures of, like, the Grand Tetons or, like, just the Colorado Rockies, they're, you know, they're stunning, you know. They're stunning. And he says, you know, he wouldn't be interested in seeing... Well, also, he's seen the Swiss Alps, but he just says, like, the West, Western United States and the Caribbean, between those two places, you'll see mostly everything that you need to see as far as natural scenery goes. Big mountain ranges, canyons, rock formations, you know, you have giant trees, the sequoias in California, redwoods. Um, you've got, there's also the Caribbean, you know, uh, so any beach. <clears throat> I mean, I think that he's right in saying that it's really hard to find better beaches than the Caribbean. Because how could you get that much better of a beach than like Aruba, for instance, which is, it's a really small island and the sand is like just, you know, pure powder and 
the beach, like the, the water goes out and it's like super shallow for, you know, hundreds of feet out. It's like a swimming pool. I don't know how you could get really much better than that kind of beach. And I've been to, I've been to a number of beaches, you know, I've been to like Jersey beaches, Delaware beaches, Florida beaches. <clears throat> um, I've been to Aruba, St. Martin, St. Thomas, uh, Mexico, a ton of other different uh, islands, and Caribbean just has the best beaches, no doubt about that. Um, in addition to these things, uh, no, basically what I'm saying is uh, my dad always tells me that, like, you know, you don't really need to go... If you want to see just natural, beautiful scenery, you don't have to go out of the United States. You don't have to. I mean, that said, I do want to, like, go to China, maybe see the Great Wall. I'd be like, oh, that's a wall that's 10 feet high. That's nice. That'd be cool, seeing a wall that's 10 feet high. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. What else? What else would I like to see? I'd like to see... I'd like to go to Africa at some point. I'd like to go to Europe, of course, do like a backpacking Euro trip. I'd like to see Poland, because I'm Polish, and apparently that's a thing. You know, you see the, you know, the motherland or whatever, where your ancestors are from. But, you know, I'm American. I'm not Polish. I'm actually just American. I mean, Polish people aren't even Polish. They came from somewhere else. Before that. I mean, I get it. I get it. I get the whole, like, heritage thing. But at what point will my descendants say that they're American? You know? Even Native Americans aren't originally from here. They, I mean, humanity originated, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not like a... Uh, what is that study called? Anthropological expert, but anthropology expert. But um, as far as I know, humanity originated basically from like Africa and the Middle East. Well, basically Africa. And like that's where Homo sapiens kind of originated or whatever. And then the dawn of civilization, as far as I believe, was Mesopotamia. So basically... um you know, the Middle East. I have this cool book that is all about war history. And one thing I've noticed about war history is that it really kind of encompasses, like, human history as far as, um, like, civilization goes. Because as soon as that shit started, <laughs> you know, like, as soon as one civilization started, another civilization started nearby, or at least, you know, somewhere else on the planet. And eventually those civilizations get big enough to where they discover, you know, another civilization. And, you know, do they immediately say, hey, another civilization, let's get along, let's start a trade route, let's blah, 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 let's, you know, get along and start trading and be symbiotes of each other, basically. Maybe that happens at first, but most times, or at least often enough, uh, when civil, yeah, I mean, not, definitely not most times, but maybe most times, but often enough, when those two civilizations meet, 
they, you know, there's a chance that they'll go to battle. There's a chance that they'll war with each other. Um, you know, conflict over resources, over land, what have you. Uh, cultural differences, religion, stuff like that. So, um, government, you know, government rule, stuff like that. So, basically, <clears throat> as soon as civilization starts in one place, you know, it's likely since human beings started out and, you know, they travel, we migrate to places, we we migrate and innovate. That's humanity. So, as soon as one civilization starts, you know, shortly thereafter, another one's going to start. And eventually, two civilizations will meet, and there's a chance that they'll go to war. So, <clears throat> war history, my point is that war history... Um, encompasses most of, like, human history, or at least civilization history. It just kind of goes hand in hand, because, if, you know, if you have war, that means you have civilization, and that means that, that means a bunch of shit. So anyway, this, uh, this war book I have is pretty cool. It literally just goes through, like, pretty much any war you can think of, from, you know, the beginning of, since the dawn of man till present day. And, like, I've been trying to read it in order, but I don't think that's how my brain works well with books. I think, like, I also have the book The Art of War, and there's, like, a bunch of different kind of lessons in this book. And I could start at the beginning, but there's, like, 90 pages of, like, introduction to this book, which I guess I'll eventually read. But I just, I want to get to the cool stuff. I want to get to, like... This is how you starve your enemy and strategize and, you know, you know, uh, deceive your enemy and all that shit. I just want to, so like I have been reading kind of some of the, um, like just the, the, the version of the book I have is kind of broken down into like lessons after the giant intro part. So I've just, just been kind of like skimming over those. Um, and I think that's how my brain works better with books. I can't read a book start to finish. That's just the most boring activity I could ever possibly fathom doing. I would rather actually watch paint dry than read a whole book start to finish. So the war book I have, you know, I'm sorry if I offended, you know, any readers out there. I'm just, it's just not for me. Um, the war book I have is kind of, it, I imagine it would be better to read it kind of just like pick whichever one you want to learn about and read that rather than having to go start to finish because there might be, you know, some wars that you're just not interested in and you have to like get through it. That doesn't make any sense to me. I'd rather just go look at the stuff I want to read, you know? So, yeah. The only books I'm currently interested in are Sun Tzu, The Art of War, and uh, this history, like, I guess it's like a textbook. It's not even a textbook. It's like a, this, I don't know, it's like a war encyclopedia, but it feels like a textbook sometimes. I also bought a universe book like a couple years back at the same time that I bought the war book. Um, pretty much for like me and my girlfriend at the time. Uh, it's just everything about the universe basically, like matter, black holes, atoms, stars, planets, you know, all types of stuff like that. And uh, that was actually a textbook. But I bought a, I bought a fucking textbook for, uh, you know, for leisure, for fun. I never thought I would do that. I mean, I've always been super, super interested in space. 
I took an astronomy class in uh, in high school as an elective, and I was like, this is going to be a fun class. I didn't think I would actually learn anything, because I already, like, <sighs> I mean, at that point in my life, you know, I had, as a kid, I read, like, tons of books, not books, but, like, you know, little books on, like, space. Um, I would watch, like, the Discovery Channel anytime something space-related was on. I would be glued to the TV watching the entire thing. Um, I don't know. As a kid and as, like, a teenager, and even in my early 20s, like, space was a huge, huge interest of mine. But now that there's... Now that the world is just so weird and fucked up, I actually completely don't even care about space. Like, oh, man, there, you know, alien civilizations could be out there because there's quintillions of planets in the, in the, in the observable universe. But, like, I don't care. I've already seen an alien. <laughs> Not literally, but, you know, my brain told me that I saw a UFO. Um, so, like, I don't know. Just the world is just too weird for me to care about aliens anymore. It's just too weird. And when I, when I say aliens in this context, I'm talking about it's too weird for me to, like, wonder... What's beyond the stars, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a shit about that. I used to care. I used to be, like, like really hopeful and interested. Like, when are they going to... F- uh, like, for instance, the James Webb Telescope. When I first heard about that, I was like, like, I can't wait to see what they're going to discover. But it's up there taking pictures of shit. And, you know, I mean, obviously it's not going to get anything incredibly useful for a while but i don't know i feel Mm -hmm. like it's just another telescope it's just gonna do more like radio telescope research is it radio or is it infrared i think it's like radio i'm gonna google this what kind of telescope is the james webb it is a infrared telescope okay so yeah, it's just going to get, it's a really powerful telescope, and it's going to get infrared imagery of stuff. So I don't know. I don't know what it's going to see. I don't know if it's going to be mind-blowing or whatever. But I don't really care that much these days. You know, Eddie Bravo, I'm sure you guys know who Eddie Bravo is. Uh, or maybe you don't. Anyway, Eddie Bravo is a jiu-jitsu master. Uh, he competed against a Gracie brother, Gracie person. Um, I forget. Let me just, let me uh, summon my MMA knowledge here. I'm just going to say some names until it clicks. Henzo, definitely not Henzo. Uh, Hoyce? Hoyler, it was Hoyler Gracie. Um, it was Hoyler Gracie. I saw him... I saw that match. That was uh, that was interesting. And like Eddie Bravo to me was like, I never knew he was like a jujitsu guy. I always thought he was just like this conspiracy theorist that went on Joe Rogan's show, like just Joe's friend. But you know, they you know on the on Joe Rogan's podcast they would talk about jujitsu like more and more and more. And then eventually I was like, oh, so he's actually like a master at jujitsu, and he is, he runs the school where Joe Rogan got his black belt. 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Um, 
I wonder who came up with that name. I, I guess it might have been Eddie Bravo because of like all the conspiracy theories that he's into. But I wonder if like Joe Rogan had any influence on that. Like, yo, dude, you should name it 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. But I don't know. I have no idea. Either way, uh, Eddie Bravo is the rubber guard guy. Uh, I don't really know what that means. I don't know what a rubber guard is. Um, but I did take maybe six months of like amateur, not amateur jujitsu, but like introductory jujitsu. Um, and went to like a couple, um, non-introductory classes, like a couple legit classes. And I ended up, you know, getting a new job and moving and all that shit. So couldn't continue at that place, but the place was awesome, man. It was called Paper Street Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, this place churned out fighters. Like, we, me and my girlfriend at the time, we went together and we, uh, <clears throat> what did we do? We went to this place. We did Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. And a few years back, I had went to my friend's Muay Thai class just to, like, check it out. Um, actually, I, I think I, like, had to deliver my friend's like glasses or something because he couldn't pick them up or something like that. But I went into his uh, Muay Thai class and I saw my friend, my other friend, who's like kind of a beast. Uh, I saw him just kicking pads, punching and kicking pads. And I was like, God damn, that looks like really intense. This dude would kill anybody. Um, so I actually, I had taken about 10 years of Taekwondo, you know, years back. Uh, two different times, totaling about 10 years. I did get a black belt the second time. Uh, so, what's it called? Um, anyway, yeah. So, you know, I did a lot of Taekwondo. I did about 10 years of Taekwondo. But as soon as I stepped foot in this Muay Thai place, I was like, oh my god, I should have been doing this the whole time because it's way more intense than what the hell I was doing. Um, not to say that Muay Thai is more intense than Taekwondo. I think overall, in my opinion, it is. But, you know, who knows? There might be Taekwondo studios out there that are just way more intense than the Muay Thai studio I was at. There probably are, like especially in Korea. I don't know. <clears throat> that said, um, that really sparked my interest in Muay Thai, although I didn't even consider doing it until years later. So at Paper Street Jiu-Jitsu, uh, we did Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu, and the Muay Thai we were doing, the sparring was so fun because you're actually getting punched in the face, and like, when I was doing it, taking a punch to the face, like, at first I was like, oh my god, I'm fucking getting hit in the face, like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I've never been in an adult fight, like, an adult real fight, nor do I ever want to, there's just, I have no interest in ever getting in an adult fight, it's just... You end up, like, breaking each other's bones, getting each other all bruised and bloody. Somebody might go to the hospital. Somebody might get arrested. Now, the hospital and arrested parts are just the annoying parts. Otherwise, I would be happy to get in an adult fight. <laughs> but, but, you know, if it's, like, a, a person who's reasonably the same size as me. Moving on. Uh, Paper Street Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, getting punched in the face was actually awesome. I loved the fact that I was able to, like, take punches. It gave me a lot of confidence. Like, take punches and dodge punches. I felt like Neo. Actually, not really. 
But, uh, you know, occasionally you dodge a punch, dodge a kick, whatever. Check some kicks, uh, throw punches, throw kicks. You learn some good combos, like, that was really fun. Uh, but one of the most intense moments I had there, actually the most intense moment, uh, they were training this dude to be a fighter, and he's, I think he was a heavyweight. So I'm a hundred, uh, at this time I'm 165, right now I'm like 185 because I'm fat because of COVID, but, well actually it's because of my own personal choices, but, uh, yeah, I was 165, this dude was like over 200, about the same height as me, but like way bigger, <laughs> like way beefier, not fat at all, just huge muscles, like probably might've been some steroids involved, I don't actually know. I don't want to, you know what, I take that statement back because I don't know the guy. I don't want to just throw him under the bus like that, even though he'll never hear this. But, um, yeah, it was, it was cool because they were training him to be a fighter and like I was watching, you know, I was just doing my own thing, fighting people my own size. And I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to fight that guy. He would fucking kill me. But then out of nowhere... Uh, my Muay Thai instructor, you know, he's like throwing people against against him to do like 70% sparring. You know, normally with sparring, you're at like 20 to 40% of your like full power or full ability or whatever. But he's telling people to go 70, 80 on this guy. Well, he's telling this guy to go 70, 80. And uh, I was just about going all out. I was probably at like 90. But I was actually able to stand with him. I was surprised. I mean, obviously, like, if he went full power, he'd probably knock me on my ass. But I did play very strategically and defensively against this guy, so I'm, I don't know. I might have lasted, like, a couple rounds with him. But uh, I was getting a lot of, like, overhand rights landing. Um, so I, I was able to basically, like, find his holes. And uh, as I was finding them, you know, his coach, a.k.a. just our Muay Thai instructor... Um, was just telling him, like, you know, to watch out for certain things I was doing because I was finding his holes. Um, but it was about maybe a minute fight, and it was scary as fuck. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were exchanging punches. He definitely got a, a few good ones on me. Like, you know, he might have, like, fucking knocked me out if I stayed in a little bit longer. But it was Muay Thai, so I was getting a lot of leg kicks. Um... Definitely wasn't trying to kick his torso at all because he would, you know, his experience, he would have grabbed my leg probably pretty easily. Uh, but, you know, I've got some kicking experience. 10 years of Taekwondo, it's all kicking. But, yeah, that was just a really intense fighting moment for me. Definitely the most intense, like, fight of my life. Um, maybe aside from, like, preschool when I got in a fight with uh, a big black kid over a toy car. Um, we were both like three or four. <laughs> he was bigger than me. But anyway, um, his name was Ramsey. I do remember his name, which is just like, Ramsey just sounds like kind of a berserker kind of name. <laughs> cool name. Uh, yeah. Speaking of berserker, the person that I fought, his older brother, uh, was nicknamed the berserker, which I think is a little pretentious if you're not like absolutely dominating your division, but whatever. Um, we saw a couple of the Berserkers fights. We went to Atlantic City, we went to like another, like Philadelphia, I think, for one. But going to fights where the dude is from your gym is so fun. Because <laughs> he like, 
you know, you're there with like all the people that you see every day, not every day, but most days, uh, from your gym and, you know, you sit with them, you hang out with them, you drink with them and you're all rooting for the same guy. And, and if he loses, it sucks, but if he wins, it's awesome. Uh, anyway, I don't even know how I got on the subject of fighting, but, oh, jujitsu, Eddie Bravo. Yeah. So that was the place where I did, you know, six months, uh, maybe six to six to eight months at that place. But they had, they had Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu and like a couple other things, maybe it's probably just mainly those two things, but just different, like class groups there was gi jiu-jitsu and non-gi jiu-jitsu for those of you that don't know a gi is a like a it's like a just imagine a karate outfit karate uniform karate outfit uniform whatever (laughs) uh yeah i still have my gi it's actually at my ex's house i gotta pick it up at some point but there is a jiu-jitsu place about 10, maybe 15 minutes from me, and I would love to go because the pictures I saw looked very similar to uh, Paper Street, the place I went. So, going to get back into jiu-jitsu, going to lose some weight, get in shape. Not because I want to lose some weight or get in shape, I really don't care. I just want to A, have more energy, and B, I want to do two additional things. One is just, you know, keep up my Muay Thai skills because actually get a little bit better. I want to get Muay Thai skills enough to the point where I feel like I can like confidently beat almost anyone in a fight unless they're a trained fighter. And uh, other than like someone who's huge. But I I might have already been there uh you know, when I was when I was going for that six to eight months at Paper Street, because you know I had ten years of Taekwondo experience, and then I was you know getting in really good shape um, at this place, uh, and taking punches and learning combos and learning how to learning some defense. So I don't know. I might have been able to kick a lot of people's ass. But still, I was small, so me being small has a little bit of, like, a defining factor. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. I've always felt small and, like, not able to handle myself in a fight. But I do have, like, a decade and a half of, like, trained fighting experience. So, should I have more confidence? Maybe not right now, because I'm... I'm like skinny fat, you know? <laughs> I, I run out of breath just walking around the apartment. But, so basically that's where I want to be at with Muay Thai. I want to just be able to pretty much kick, or at least like feel confident that I can handle a fight if I get into one. With almost like anybody. Unless they're way bigger than me. Anyway, I also want to get a blue belt in jujitsu Because if you're a blue belt... First of all, you'll be really good at grappling, because blue belts are hard as fuck to get. Obviously, purple, brown, and black are way harder to get, but, you know, you have to, you have to be a fucking beast. Well, you don't have to be a fucking beast to get a blue belt. That's not true, because as a white belt, with virtually no experience, 
just learning like the basics of weight control, weight distribution, using your weight to control your enemy, I was, I was able to last, you know, indefinitely against a blue belt. I mean, he was out of shape and he was undisciplined. Um, so, you know, I was able to, I was able to last un- indefinitely against that guy. Um, so you don't have to be like a monster to get a blue belt. Purple belt, you, you definitely have to be in shape and disciplined. And you don't necessarily have to be in shape to get a purple belt, but like you will be in much better shape getting your purple belt than... What I'm saying is that getting a purple belt requires a lot more discipline and dedication than a blue belt. You know, a blue belt you could just get over time. And like you, you learn all the stuff. I think blue belt... Just thinking about it now, I mean, there's probably jujitsu experts that would disagree with me here, but I feel like blue belt is kind of uh, like, okay, you're aware of the basics of jujitsu. That's what a blue belt is. But I think purple belt is probably more like you are good at the basics of jujitsu. And brown belt is like you're great at jujitsu. Well, all right, so (laughs) let's start over. Blue belt. You know the basics of jujitsu. Purple belt, you're good at jujitsu. Brown belt, you're great at jujitsu. Black belt, you're a master at jujitsu. And saying you're good at jujitsu is fucking like it's an incredibly powerful statement hidden behind simple words. <sighs> I saw people testing for their purple belt. Wait, no, brown belt. I think they were testing for the purple belt. Hard to uh, remember here. Yeah, I think I was watching these two dudes test for their purple belt, and it was fucking intense, man. They were about my size, probably a little bit smaller than me, actually. I'm 5'10", and uh, I think these guys might have been 5'9", 5'8". But both in better shape than me, because... They had been going to these jujitsu classes for like years because they had their blue belts, which probably took a year or two to get, and they're testing for the purple belt, which probably took another year or two. So, one guy was a guy who was a bit shorter than me. Um, I had some probably a little bit of weight on him, and probably more striking experience, but he he had way more jujitsu experience than me. Uh. And then, so these two guys that I'm talking about, there was a, during the test, there was a moment where they had everybody pair up and do takedowns on each other. (laughs) And uh, it was quite intense. Uh, So the the guy that was a bit smaller than me, um, he was up against a wrestling coach. Now the wrestling coach was about the same size, but... He's a wrestling coach, so he's a fucking beast. I just hear, like, these intense stories about wrestling where, like, you know, you'll carry, I don't know, like, a fucking keg up stadium stairs, like, run up and down and run up and down. I don't know. I just hear, like, these intense, like, exercise, workout, practice stories where wrestlers are just in crazy good shape, which this dude clearly was, like... If, if all those stories I heard were true, this dude was the embodiment of it. Um, 
So he was testing for his purple belt in jiu-jitsu as well. And they paired up for takedowns. And, uh, you know, the, the guy that was not the wrestling coach started. And he was doing, like, takedowns. And it was like, oh, yeah, those are some cool takedowns that he's doing. Like, I didn't know those all existed. And then as soon as the wrestling coach had his turn, he was just, like, flipping and slamming this dude all over the mat. Like, and any, ta- any type of takedown you can imagine, like, over the shoulder, like, leg takedowns, uh, you know, like, midsection takedowns, trip takedowns, whatever. Like, any type of takedown you can imagine, this dude was flipping this other guy like a ragdoll, and he was slamming against the mat so hard, I felt so bad for him. <laughs> You could tell, like, after he was done, his face was just, like, beat red, and he looked like he just got the shit fucking beat out of him. (laughs) But this is what I'm saying. Like, I'm taking a walk around the house, and I'm virtually out of breath. But, yeah. And seeing the toughness of this wrestling coach, I mean, it was very inspiring yet also seemed to me, like, very unachievable. <laughs> like, in my current state of mind, there's no way I'm going to be anywhere close to that in shape. Uh, if I ever got in a fight with that guy, he would effortlessly fuck me up. So, like, if I were to ever get to that level, I would obviously have so much more confidence in myself, just in general. And, you know, you would too, listener. But it's just so intimidating to, like, to want to get up every single morning at four in the morning and run, like, three miles before you even start your day. And, you know, on top of that, you you do your work, you do your day, and then after you're done your day, then you just, like, weightlift for two hours Maybe every day, maybe every single day. And like, it would be nice to be that in shape or that tough. But I'd rather just, uh, I'd rather just play City of Heroes. <sighs> it's a good game. You guys should play it. Uh, came out in, I think, 05. But it's basically just a game where you uh, make a, any kind of superhero you want fly around the city and beat up criminals and monsters and shit and team up with tons of other superheroes. Um, but what I'm saying is that... I don't know. I, just, I think I just like leisure too much. <laughs> like, if I was ever drafted in a war, I'd probably be, like, cannon fodder. They would put me right on the front line. Like, you're not very useful, soldier, because I'd be so out of shape... And, like, I don't have ambition to be, like, I don't know, I don't don't have that kind of ambition. I just, I think I just like life's pleasures too much, you could say. But, I don't know. That said, I will get back into jujitsu. And, you know, I should completely dedicate it, you know, I should completely dedicate myself to it. I shouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to go there just to learn a couple finishing moves. Like, I should go there with the intent of getting beyond blue belt. Maybe maybe the intent of getting black belt and then sticking with it for, like, you know, years after that. Maybe, like, get a second degree black belt. I don't know. But 
you should always stay healthy. That's like, that's one thing. But the question is, how much time do you dedicate to it? Like, my extent of being healthy is, you know, occasionally I'll try to make myself meat and vegetables and, like, no bread for the day or whatever. Make myself, like, an, a spinach egg omelet. Maybe, like, a smoothie. Or maybe, like, oatmeal with berries. You know, like, I do make healthy choices here and there. But I guess the, the question is, how much effort and time do you want to put into being healthy and fit? And active and all that. And as far as being active, like, I definitely, I'm active like a volcano. Just kidding, I'm not. I just wanted to say that joke. Uh, but being down in Delaware, like, I want to go to the beach all the time. Especially, like, when summer hits and the, the weather's nice and I finish my work. You know. <clears throat> excuse me. Actually, I could take my lunch break, drive down to the beach, and set up my laptop like just on the beach i would like to get a car charger that would be necessary but yeah i could do that i could literally just go down to the beach and work that would be pretty awesome uh that said you know and on top of that like there's a bunch of trails around here and I, i've when i first got down here i did a bunch of trails and i went like you know i went to see some nature and all that shit so I stay a bit active. Like, I want to... I guess I don't want to be, like, an ass-kicking, super tough fighter. I don't think there's, for me, a necessity to get that tough. I think I just want to enjoy life, you know what I mean? And it's, it's hard sometimes to enjoy life, especially with the, you know, the shape of the world, the state of the world, but... I'm, I'm trying to get to a point where I just say fuck it to everything. And actually, like, as far as YouTube videos go, you know how they show you, like, all this negative, all the negative views of the world. Like, if you're, if you get, like, most of your news from YouTube, like I do, you know, obviously there's CNN and Fox News or whatever, and there's news articles that you can read, but YouTube covers most of that anyway. So that's, YouTube's, YouTube's a large source of probably a lot of people's news. It is for me. It's actually pretty much the only source of news for me. My parents will put on like some news here and there, but I don't know. I just don't care for news anymore. Uh, and I've gotten to the point where, well, I used to, first of all, I used to like, I used to watch YouTube videos about news articles and be like, oh my god, wow, the world sucks, it's getting worse, it's getting worse, like, oh no, there's a war in Ukraine, oh no, the, the coronavirus is never going to end because people just won't let it go. And obviously, you know, it won't go away if people just say fuck it and let, all, let everything go, but I think we should just do that because I'm kind of sick of it. Basically, everyone reaches a limit at some point. I've reached my limit. Sorry, world. You know, do you want to wear a mask for the rest of your life? Do you want to lock the country down for <laughs> an amount of time that will cause the country to collapse beneath our feet? At some point, you got to let it go. At some point, you just, <laughs> I mean, you literally, at some point, just have to say, fuck it. You can't, like, we, we could eventually, maybe in the future, have, like, awesome disease-fighting technology where 
everyone takes like one universal vaccine that protects them from everything. And then maybe we don't ever have to worry about diseases again. Or maybe we can alter genetic code to be like indestructible disease fighting DNA kind of, I don't know. But until we reach that point, obviously in order to reach that point, we do need like all of these vaccine innovations and all shit like that. But at that point, we're getting beyond human, you know. I've always kind of fantasized about humanity evolving beyond human level. And like at some point, one would expect it to happen because technology is just getting super, super advanced. Is it eventually going to get so good that we replace our own evolution with technology? And we just evolve with technology, genetic editing, uh, (coughs) cyborgs, maybe? Maybe we're going to be cyborgs? Maybe we're going to be entirely robotic? I don't know. But... Maybe that's why you can't just say fuck it to the coronavirus. Maybe you have to continue innovating. Because, I mean, that's literally, in all of, all of human history, all we've ever done is innovate. So you can't just be like, stop innovating. And in order for vaccine technology and medical technology to get better, you have to have a situation where you need to use it. And then you have to use it, and you have to continue using it, and all that. Uh, so maybe we can't just say fuck it. But that said, I used to get worried, you know, when my favorite, you know, providers of news on YouTube would tell me these terrible things about the world. Like, Awaken with JP, he's great. Uh, He's also just entertaining in general. But, you know, a lot of times he reports on stuff that will piss off a Republican. Um, He reports on... Stuff that will make you think the world is a terrible place, currently. Um, And Russell Brand, I watch some of him sometimes, and I still do because, honestly, his voice is, you know, not to sound gay, but his voice is, like, very comforting. I don't know why. It's, like, very calming. It's just, maybe it's the British accent. Like, it's just fun to hear a Brit speak. So, So, I do continue to watch him, not strictly for that reason, but... He's also a good source of news. Um, I'll keep you up to date. He's non-biased. And, you know, it's funny I say he's non-biased, but, like, anybody can claim to be non-biased. What really is non-biased? Like, you're like, I don't take sides, but... I don't know. I don't think there's such thing as not taking a side. If you're, like, reporting on news... Because you're you're picking which news to report on. Like, he may not be right-wing, and he doesn't think he is, but it seems like most of the stuff that he chooses to, like, review or go over news-wise is, like, in support of right-wing views. I think the only way to not take sides is to, like, just cut yourself off from the world, which is what I'm kind of trying to do now. My whole point here is that I used to get worried about what JP or Russell Brand or other news sources, like even Joe Rogan, 
I used to get like worried about what they were talking about and like what's happening in the world and all that. But I think at this point, well, I mean, lately I've been seeing these videos pop up, like with the, the video title headline, whatever. It's like, you know, this is what's going on with the new world order. It's coming, blah, blah, blah. But it's always coming. It's been coming since the beginning of time. Like everybody is always afraid that the, you know, the end of the world is coming. But it never happens. So, like, anytime I see something negative, I'm just like, oh, that would suck if it was real, but who cares? Like, at this point, I just don't care anymore. I just don't care. And neither should you. I mean, because the only thing that that does is it increases your fear of just the world in general. But if you just, if you just say, fuck it. And you don't, like, you just don't, uh, you don't let it affect you. Like, you know, you could argue, like, oh, how could you not let it affect you? It's the whole world around you. It's just a terrible place. It's all crumbling beneath our feet. But that's just what people are saying. That doesn't mean it's actually happening. I mean, if you stop everything you're doing and just look out of a window, there's no YouTube out, out that window. There's no CNN, there's no Fox News out the window, there's no Putin, there's no, there's no Joe Biden, there's, you know, Joe Biden with his, you know, stumbling around his presidency, there's no, there's no Supreme Court justice trying to, uh, make it better for pedophiles, there's just the outdoors, buildings, trees, whatever you see. Just go out there. You don't have any... Oh, C8 Corvette. <clears throat> anyway, car passed. <sighs> but if, if you look outside, there's nothing terrible out there. I mean, there are terrible things in other places outside. But most likely, if you're looking out your window, you're not going to see anything terrible. So then why fear anything? You shouldn't have anything to fear. I always, you know, sometimes I think back to JFK. Back in my day, I wasn't alive until like decades after that, but the only thing to fear is fear itself. Like that's, you know, obviously one of his most famous quotes. But it seems to apply, especially to me, I feel. The only thing to fear is fear itself. Like... He's telling you that there isn't actually anything to fear. But you're just fucking... You're psyching yourself out here. You don't have to do that. You don't have to psych yourself out. Just go outside. Take a step on the grass. Feel something... Feel the earth. Touch something green. Look at something green. Don't worry about all the, the bullshit in the world. I mean, what can you do about it? I've realized, you know... <laughs> Before I got a web developer job, I was like all ambitious, right? And then when I got the web developer job, I was like, oh, it's just another job that I hate. But, you know, I thought things were going to be different. But what I wanted to do on my way there was basically get really, really good at programming and do kind of do a Zuckerberg, <laughs> kind of create some kind of platform where people can just collaborate ideas and that's all it is, period. No influence whatsoever, but 
you know, now I don't care to change the world because <laughs> I just, I don't know. I guess I could have gained power to change the world. But there's just, human beings are like warring bacteria. It's like, why try to change human nature? Like, if you look at bacteria, and there's two different strains of bacteria that are trying to survive together, but they can't, they can't survive symbiotically. They have to, one has to, you know, win for evolution's sake. I mean, are you, like, why, why would you pick one, why would you stop that from happening? It's supposed to happen. It's, I mean, I don't know that it's supposed to happen, but it seems like it's supposed to happen. It seems like you're just supposed to let it happen. You're supposed to let that war take place. I'm not saying we should let the war in Ukraine take place, but I'm just saying, as far as all humanity goes, like, just live your life, have fun. We're just, you know, we're just life. Life grows, it evolves, it battles for, basically, <laughs> I was about to say it battles for supremacy, but I don't want you to link that to the, to the phrase white supremacy. Well, because there, there have been plenty of genocides that were battling for supremacy that weren't white. But anyway, uh, I don't know, it just seems like we're, we're like bacteria, we're like mold we're just little tiny, we're all just individual little spores and things are just happening around us. And as an individual, why would you try to change something on such a grandiose scale as global population and what it's doing? Like, it's doing something that we can't even fathom, we can't even perceive. <clears throat> like... For instance, if you look at ants on an anthill, I made this comparison probably in the last video, or not video, but audio clip. Um, ants on an anthill, like, if there's two ants battling over territory, you don't stop them from doing it, you just let them do it. But basically, what my point is, uh, is that if you're looking at that event occur, we have... A perspective from above. We can actually see all that's going on. We understand what's going on. You know, from our human mind, we understand what's going on. But we basically have a higher perspective of it. But we, as humans... I mean, I guess we can... Kind of grasp a higher perspective of ourselves. But... We're using human minds to try to analyze all human activity. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we, maybe we do have sufficient minds for this type of thing to observe in that, uh, you know, the higher perspective. But maybe there's something bigger going on that we just can't understand. All I'm saying is that... <laughs> Go outside, stop trying to change the world. There's most likely not a damn thing you can do about it. And yeah, apparently 
prices are increasing with certain things, but I actually just saw gas go back down below $4 where I lived. It was up to $4.50, and I've seen a couple gas stations now below $4. So, um, and like prices in grocery stores are still relatively normal. Like we're still not in a, in a giant catastrophe at the moment. And if that ever happens, don't worry. You don't have to go back to your job if that happens, which would be great. Like, I've always fantasized about, like, the, the collapse of society because then I wouldn't have to do a remote web developer job anymore. I could just live in the woods. You know, I, I obviously would want to pack my trunk full of uh, canned chicken and vegetables and tuna before that happens. Before I live in the woods. But, you know. Also wish I still had my gun, because <laughs> that might help in an apocalyptic scenario. But, I don't know. Just go outside. Do something fun. Stop worrying so much about the world. Speaking of the woods, I do want to go camping soon. I'm into bushcraft. I like bushcraft. It's fun. You take a knife with you, and maybe a tent, take a sleeping pad, a sleeping bag, you know, all in or on your big backpack. Uh, you take some food with you, some water, and that's it. You just, you can, you don't even have to take a tent, you can make a shelter. You don't even have to take a sleeping pad. Or even a sleeping bag in some cases. But, I don't know. It's just cool to see what you're capable of out in the woods all by yourself or with, so, you know, a small amount of people. <sighs> Gathering wood, making a fire, making food. Campfire food out in the woods is always amazingly delicious. Um, I've never actually tried to make a shelter, though. I would like to try I watch all these uh, bushcraft YouTubers. They're always making shelters. I would like to make a shelter and have like a completely custom-built woods area. That's actually what I would like to do if I got property with a bunch of land. Uh, like, you know, I'm talking a bunch of acres of land. Like, maybe five acres or like 12 acres or something. Like, a lot of land. But, like, a lot of wooded land as well. I would actually want to try a bunch of bushcraft shelter building and stuff out in the woods. Now, I probably wouldn't sleep out there too often because I'd be like, well, why sleep out here when I could just walk back to my bed? But, um, also want a property where I can shoot guns on it because I really like guns. They're fun. I like rifles. Uh, I just think that Things that make big booms are just really fun, like explosions and guns. They're fun until you're in war, and then it's terrifying. But uh, on that note, I only got 30 seconds left on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening. I have so much stuff in my head that I try to get out. Uh, and I guess if you want to hear the rest of it, keep listening to these episodes because, I don't know, I feel like I can never get everything out that I want to say. And I'm always jumping around, but hopefully it's at least enjoyable. nothing you can do about this crazy world just enjoy it